Marty! You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Lucky we amused ourselves, Russ. Yeah, nobody else is listening. But... <laughs> well, so listens. Sometimes, yeah. We don't, you know, she may have given up on us. So. Until she gets tired and is like, you guys talk about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Get to the point. <laughs> okay. We're back with our, what is this, the sixth episode? I believe it Marty? is, yes. Yeah. And uh, we've got... A couple of good movies we're going to talk about today. There, there's some big similarities and a lot of differences, but uh, you could say one is sort of a sci-fi remake of the other. It is, <laughs> in it a is. way. Um, it's exactly what it is. We've got Groundhog Day, the seminal uh, Bill Mur- Bill Murray movie, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, also starring. Um, my mind just went blank. The lovely um, Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell, yes, and the not so lovely. Uh, what's that guy's name? Chris? Uh, is it Chris? Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. Yeah, he's very funny, but he's not very lovely. <laughs> he's, not, he's not lovely. No. Um. So, in the other movie we're going to talk about uh, is the sci-fi version, in a way. Uh, a kind of a sci-fi remake of Groundhog Day, Edge of Tomorrow, also known as Live, Die, Repeat. I think they should have called that should have called it that to begin with. But um, no, Edge of Tomorrow is better. Edge of Tomorrow tells you nothing. Well, then it's it's uh, yeah, but I, I like I like it better Edge of Tomorrow than Live, Die, Repeat. But Live, Die, Repeat, right there in the title, tells you exactly what happens in the movie. Well, why do you want to know that all the time? Sometimes you want to be surprised. <laughs> uh, that was a really good movie, though, and it didn't do so well at the box office, I don't think. But I think it it sort of found a life, uh, in, you know, in DVD and stuff, uh, Blu-ray, whatever. But yeah, I don't think it did so well in the movies, and I like to blame it partially on the title. So. Oh well, there you go. You could be you could be right, but you're probably not. <laughs> Well, you always know that you're always right. <laughs> and by the way, if you're just joining us, this is Marty. Mike and Russ time. Yeah. yeah. This is the podcast where we talk about time travel. All things time travel. Well, other stuff too, but time travel is the main topic. Usually about movies. Uh, we could delve into books as well. Um, and this is our sixth episode, as I mentioned earlier. I think it's the sixth. Yeah, I think it is six. We were we're we're behind. We used to do it once a week at least, and then uh, somebody got busy. We won't name names, but his name begins with an R, <laughs> and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of there's there's only like one R in your name, and it's in the, your middle name. So, it's, oh man, and it's not the beginning. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I've been really uh, extremely busy the last couple of weeks. Well, you know, and, and Pat has been pretty busy, and he he we he and I haven't even done uh, an episode of Up Late with Russ and Pat in a while, uh, in a couple of weeks, and he hasn't done one with uh, his friend Chris either. So the Up Late Network is a little struggling this last couple of weeks, but we're getting back on track with new episode of Marty. So damn you've, straight. You've got your tea. I've got my coffee. We're both sipping like sippers. <laughs> you get more flavor when you sip. That's what I yeah. heard. Yeah, that's what happens. You get the you get the air involved. Right, and it it uh, it involves more of your your palate, uh, the roof of your mouth, your tongue. It uh, it, it sort of aspirates the. The uh, I'm just talking out of my ass, but I just <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good though. Yeah, um, I did see a documentary once on coffee, and they talked about that. Like people who are professional coffee tasters and stuff, they they actually do sip um, specifically for that reason. So there's a there is some science behind it. But well, wine drinkers do the same thing. You're supposed to do that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the the the, the tasters and they and then so they spit some, it out. Yeah, so there's some sun science behind it. Yeah. I don't get the spitting it out part. I guess I guess you just don't want to get drunk, like you know, halfway through your wine tasting. You're like, oh, it tastes well, it tastes pretty good to me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and don't they use some like sherbet for their palate cleanser? Oh, that I don't know. I have to look that up. Mm. I think so. By the way, it's sherbet, not sherbet. It is. There is no R. Even though, as kids, we always said sherbet. There's no two R's. There is one R. Right. There's no. There's no second R. Um, you know what I loved when I was a kid? Sherbet. Sherbet. Uh, those uh, orange push-ups. Oh yeah. Which are, which they are were basically good. basically made of orange sherbet. I think sherbet. Sherbet. Yeah. Sherbet, whatever. They were good. Those were good times. You get them from the ice cream man. We didn't have an ice cream man. We had an ice cream stand. Uh, well, I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, did you have to, like, walk to the stand? Yeah, or drive. You could, you could drive. drive? Ugh, that's like... Yeah, yeah I mean, that's it was, no it was It was easily walkable, but, you know, when it's a thousand degrees out and you're going to get ice cream, you might as well drive in some, you know, some sort of comfort. I guess, I guess. But, well, see, that's like, you know, that's kind of the thing where you go, oh, let's go get some ice cream. The ice cream man is great because it's like, hey, do you hear that music? It's the ice cream man. <laughs> yeah, but the ice cream man can can knock you on the head and kidnap you. Well, yeah, but that's only in horror movies and stuff. That's not real. <laughs> no, that never happens. No, that happened in I think it was in Spawn in the early issues of Spawn. Yes, that's right. He did have the ice cream thing. Uh, was that the clown? No, that was a that was just a serial killer. He was like a big, gross serial killer that would. Um... Well, there was a Ron Howard's brother was in a movie I think called Ice Ice Cream. You scream, we all scream for something like that, or Ice Cream, Ice Cream maybe. Oh, and really? he was he was like a, a demented ice cream man. He's creepy. All he's always creepy, but he's funny. He's always in Ron Howard's movies because they're brothers. Yeah, they're brothers, and you got to throw your brother a bone. If I yep. was making movies and stuff and my brother wanted to be in it, I would give him a part. Would you Somehow. let me be in it? Yeah, of course. Well, thanks. You might not be able to have a speaking role. Well, we'll, well just, that's you know, that's the whole point of, of being in a movie. It depends on how you test. 
you can be like Pee Wee Herman, paging <laughs> Mr. Herman, Mr. Herman, when they, and they dubbed him in at the end. We're, we're totally getting off track. We got to get to the movies. <laughs> this is what always happens. You see what you do? Okay. So Groundhog Day, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know about you. Yes. But I love this movie. Definitely up there in the, in the top ten. I've probably seen it at least 20 times, if not more. Oh, yeah. Over yeah. the years. Uh, and, this, and I'm just, this is just a wild guess. Um, this is one where they never actually explain why it's happening. Worked. Right. And, you know, I don't mind that either. It's like you, you don't know why it's happening or why it's happening to him. Uh, but for those of you who haven't seen it, I can't imagine anybody who hasn't seen that movie yet. But for those who haven't seen it, Bill Murray um, is a newscast. He's a weatherman, news weatherman. Uh, where's where is he? He's in Pennsylvania somewhere, right? Like Philadelphia or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's he's a douche. He's kind of a douche. Yeah, guy. he's kind of a douche. I mean, he's, he's kind of funny, but he's also pretty douchey. He's kind of an asshole. And you know, so he's he. he um, he has to go on a location shoot, you know, or whatever you call it, you know, where they go. They have to go to Punxsutawney, where the groundhog Punxsutawney Phil comes out every year, and they make a big deal about it, um, which is real, which is a real thing, right? I mean, they really do yeah. that in Punxsutawney. Yeah, they do. So, oh, here's a question for you. Did they actually film it in Punxsutawney? Uh I don't know. I guess we could look that up, but why bother? I'm going to say yes, they did. Let's just say yes, and let's just move on. So, the, <laughs> <laughs> moving, on. The, moving on. The gist of this time travel sort of thing, and it's not exactly time travel, but kind of because he does he does travel back every day. He so he wakes up on Groundhog Day in a, in a bed and breakfast, which he's not really happy about to begin with. He's he's all grumpy, and he and 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 he's woken up by the. The clock radio, which is important because um, that's how he knows each day. Holy shit, this is the same day over and over again because it wakes up and hears the like morning crew. Hey, you know they're doing the whole jokey yeah, six, thing. Six a.m. every day, right? And he goes down. He does the little, um, what do you call it? The the the, the newscast. He's like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, the the groundhog saw a shadow. Okay, we're going to have six more weeks of winter. Whatever. Let's go. And then, and you know, his, his, uh, the, the producer, who is Andy McDowell, and then his cameraman, who is Chris Elliott, are there with him. And they're like, why are you being such a dick? You know, we got, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, whatever, I'm sick of this. And then they go to leave. But he has predicted that this big snowstorm that's coming up to the Northeast is going to miss them. And like, go, and like, miss miss, you know, Punxsutawney and probably Philadelphia uh, um, altogether, you know. You kind of basically miss Pennsylvania. Anyway, he says, they're going to miss us. No big deal. And then it's going to go off to the east. And But on their way to leave, uh, the, the the highway is frozen over because of the, um, you know, or it's, it's closed down because of the blizzard. His blizzard has moved in. And then, of course, they're like, you know, you're the weatherman. Shouldn't you have known this? He goes, no, it's not supposed to. So they're stuck in Punxsutawney overnight. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up the next day. And lo and 6 behold. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Lo and behold. And he hears, yeah, he hears the same radio broadcast. And he's like, hey, guys, you're playing the tape from right, yesterday. Right, from yesterday. 
And then you realize, you quickly realize, well, you sort of know this going in because you've seen the previews, right? But then, of course, you, you know, he goes downstairs and he, something is a little, something is fishy because everybody's having the same conversations with everybody in the in the the Ben breakfast that he had before. So that's the beginning. Um, what? Uh, tell me what you think about. Okay, uh, what do you think about the premise? Uh, you, you know, we don't know how it's happening, but. What do you think about why it's happening? Well, we kind of know why. It's sort of a, you it's know, a, yeah. It's one of those those movies where you know the the main character has to change. You know, and he learn starts and out, grow. Yeah, yeah, he has to learn and grow. He starts out as a douchebag, and you know he has to learn that hey, life is good. I don't have to be a douche, and I can just enjoy everything. Right, right. Which is eventually, you know, what what happens at the end of the movie. Right, it's kind of like you know, um, uh, it's a wonderful life. Uh, the more modern version would be, you know, um, Family Man with with Nicolas Cage, that kind of yes, thing. Yes, yes, true, um, true. You know, it's it, there's something magical happens, and then they they have to grow and change, and they and and they don't move on. In other words, until until they have it. So that's that's what he kind of realizes. Uh, is that well? He doesn't realize it originally. He does. He doesn't know why. Yeah. He just because yeah, but, he actually. Yeah. He, um, he wants to, you know. And I think this is what anybody would do as he, you know, kind of figures out what's going on. He keeps waking up after the third or fourth day, right? And it's same over and over again. He's like, "Hey, I can do whatever I want, and there's no consequences." Right. So he starts. You know, he you know he uh, hooks up with some hot chick he sees at, at the at the groundhog ceremony. Yeah. He goes out drinking and, and gets arrested with a couple, couple guys in the bar and he does some wacky, wacky stuff. He, he robs a, a, a delivery truck. And, you know, I think he, if, if probably, if you track it, he goes through the, what would be the, like the five stages of, of grief. Yeah. Of grief. Yeah. It is kind of like that because the first is the denial. He's like, this isn't real. This is ridiculous. <laughs> And then, and then it's like, what? What is it? You know, like, um, is it the bargaining stage? Is Bar- that the next yeah, thing? You know, he's like, kind of like, come on, let 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 me just, you know, is he, he doesn't know is he, is he bargaining with God? He, whoever, you know, whatever the universe, whatever is making this happen, he's like, come on, there's got to be a way around this. Then there's sort of, um, what's the next phase? I forget. Oh, there's anger. Uh, mm-hmm. Because at some point, yeah, he gets pissed off. He's like, "All right, this is this is ridiculous." And then, because it's interesting, because he goes, so when the anger stage, he's like, he's basically like going through each day, like "fuck everybody" and "fuck you," and you know, he's just he's just mad at the world, and he doesn't care how he treats anyone, you know, like. Um, but then it's it also there's there's a couple other other phases that are interesting to me because there's a point where he goes, Oh, wait a second. I'm going to have fun with this. I can like learn how to play piano. You know, I could, he can learn all these things. Right. And he, in a way, he sort of becomes a superhero because he knows all of these bad things that are going to happen, happen around the town. And so he decides, okay, every day I'm going to go stop all of these bad things from happening. He's going to catch a kid from falling out of a tree, you know, Change it, stop change a guy it. from choking. Right, exactly. It's change a couple uh, old ladies' tires, um, <laughs> a tire, and then 
there's the other. He learns how to how to do ice sculpture. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's funny when he's like sculpting and then with a chainsaw and then Andy McDowell and uh, and and Cruzelia come up and she's like, well, did, "Did you know he could ice sculpt?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no idea. And then he goes to uh, you know, so it's a lot of he's having a lot of fun, but then he gets into another sort of anger stage, or I don't know if it's anger or it's just just it's sort just, of like. He, it's it's one of those. I guess it's kind of like one of the questions that we asked. Like, if you could do it over and over and over again, would it eventually get boring and depressing? Yeah, and he. I think. Yeah, exactly. And he. Yeah, he gets. He gets to that point, and he's just like, I can't do this anymore. So he starts killing himself in various ways. He jumps off of a of a clock tower. He yeah, steps yeah. in front of a truck. He he burns himself. He stabs. He shot all this stuff. You know, you only see a few of them. Right. And he really, the first time he thinks, well, I'm just going to kill myself. I'm sick of this. And then he wakes up again. He's like, oh, man, even killing (laughs) myself doesn't work. This sucks. But then, so then he just decides to try to maybe, I don't know if he's thinking, well, one of these suicides is going to work. Or if he's just like, he can't stand it. You know, so he's just coming up with creative ways to kill himself. One of the funny ones is where he he kidnaps the the groundhog. He kidnaps yeah, first Phil. One. Oh, that's the first. One. Okay, that's right. Because then he kidnaps Phil and then drives off into a into a quarry. And that and yeah, because he's like he's like it's all because of the groundhog. I have to kill the groundhog. Right. I remember he thinks the groundhog has something to do with it. Right. I remember thinking, poor groundhog. He didn't do anything to deserve <laughs> that. But hey, he comes back anyway because yeah, the day resets. Back. Yeah, day resets. Then there's an interesting thing that happens. Is sort of like one of those things where. Oh, it's this kind of reminded me of Disney's The Kid, which we could talk about. I'd love to talk about in one of our podcasts because it's, it's not. It is sort of a time travel thing too, uh, which is with Bruce Willis. Uh, you remember that film? I do. Very good one. Uh, I love that movie. And so then, the, the, where the care the main character comes up with this concept of, oh, I know why this is happening, but they and they they think that that's going to solve it. But that's not really why it's happening. Because it's sort of like a Bill Murray's character. I think he sort of gets this this idea that maybe the reason for him to for this to happen is for him to get Andy McDowell's character to fall in love with him or something. I don't know if that's. I think that's just part of the his playing process. Or maybe that's. Yeah, maybe he just figures, hey, I can use this to my advantage. Yeah, because he he goes he. You know, takes her on a date, finds out what she likes and what she doesn't like, and then the next day, right? He can he can impress her like immensely because he automatically knows what she likes and what she doesn't like, right? And he, right. he keeps doing that, but she always ends up rejecting him at the end of the night. She won't she won't sleep with him. Well, that that kind of adds to his frustration too, I think, because he kind of he ends up falling in love with her because it's basically we don't know how many days he's done this. It could be thirty days. It could be months yeah there's there's one at one point when he was uh in his hotel room and he's flipping mm-hmm. cards into a hat and he's oh that's he's right yeah perfect yeah. at it like he can do it across the room and you know she, he's like uh ah, six seven months seven eight hours a day and you can have this down pat so that's right you get would, it, it would the, be yeah. at least like six months but you would have to guess it would have to be more than that like years that he'd done this. Yeah, we don't know because he, he learns to be a virtuoso on the piano. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, yeah. you know. 
<laughs> he doesn't know because he does, he doesn't know anything day one when he goes to take piano lessons. Right, and he just and by the end of it, he's you know playing up there with the band, and he's fantastic. <laughs> and the lady, the little old lady, he's teaching him says, "Are you sure this is your first day?" And he's like chewing gum. Yep, it is. Um, so, I mean, Bill Murray is perfect for this, by the way. I mean, as far as movie stuff goes, you know, I love Bill Murray, but this is one of my favorite Bill Murray movies. Um, here, Here's something that um, I wanted to know if you noticed this. Two movies, Bill Murray has been two movies where a homeless man has died from exposure. Did you notice that? I did not. I mean, I know that in Groundhog Day, I don't know. Right, what the other one he, that's one of the sad. That's one of the things that sort of pushes him over the edge in Groundhog Day. I think is because there's this old homeless guy who he gives him some soup or something. Then he gives him, he gives him a lot of money. Then he gives him some soup. Then he thinks, man, I gotta warm this guy up because he realizes, oh my. Then he finds out, oh my god, this die, guy dies, basically of exposure in, in old age, kind of, you know. And then yeah, it is. It is one of those sad moments when when she's like, oh, sometimes you know people just die. And he goes, their time. not today. Yeah, yeah, and he decides he's going to save this old man, but he can't because every no matter what he does, he, this the guy still dies, and then that's I think that sort of sets him over the edge. I don't know if that time my timing is right on there, but I I feel like that that was when he sort of is like, okay, this is not fun anymore. I'm not I'm not having fun being a superhero. I'm not having fun learning all this stuff, and I'm not having fun. You know, having sex with hot women. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, he does. He doesn't do the superhero thing until he's until later. Kind, yeah, until he's like learning his lesson. Like after he's, you know, killed himself a dozen times, and he's finally talked to uh, Andy McDowell like as a as a normal person. Right. That's when he, you know, kind of decides. Like you see him, he goes and he gets a book from the library, and he sits down in the diner, and he just reads it and. He he starts doing things that aren't selfish. Right. Just, you know, he's just enjoying himself. And but enjoying I thought, that. well, we can look at it. Like I have to look at it. I'll take your word for it. But I thought, I thought that he had had his 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 sort of meltdown or a second meltdown um, uh, when you know after the the homeless man he couldn't save him or something. Uh, but anyway. That's, I'm sort of off track here. Um, okay. The question I have... Oh, oh, so the other movie that, that a homeless man dies in is Scrooged. Oh, I only, I've only seen that once, so I can't... Uh, really? Oh, yeah. man. Oh, that's one of my favorite Christmas movies. I love that movie. Um, anyway, there, yeah, there's, so the, he's, and, he, and he dies in the winter of exposure, you know, and it's like... Um, hmm. Yeah, and it's it's and Scrooge. See, Scrooge is another one of those movies. I could I should have brought that up because that's like you know, of course, that's based on a Christmas Carol, um, where something magical happens and a guy needs to learn and grow and, and change. And uh, that's another thing that was interesting is because Scrooge has a similar theme. He starts out as a, as a uh, kind of a douchebag. He's also in television, but he's a, <laughs> but he's an executive. Um, yeah, I would have thought you would have liked that movie a lot more and seen it like a bunch of times. I, like I, I saw it once, you know, many many years ago when it first yeah. came out, and I was like, "Eh, this is okay." There were some there were some very funny moments, but I didn't I didn't think it was that great. I I should watch it again. Try it again around Christmas time. Maybe it'll maybe it'll put you in the mood. Mm. Um, 
the uh, there's one of the one of the ghosts, the ghost of Christmas future, I think it is, uh, is the uh, no ghost of Christmas past um, is played by I can't remember her name, but she played uh, she's oh what oh shoot she she played in uh, in the Princess Bride when she was she was one of the uh, I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. Oh, um, you know, um, yeah. What's her name? Yeah, you know, I'm talking. About, I can't remember <laughs> yeah. her name. I like her. She was in popcorn commercials for a while. I think she was in Designing Women or something. Anyway, okay. So back to the back to the uh, the Groundhog Day. Um, so okay. So what do you think? This is the question I have for you. Uh, as far as the reason, we don't know how it happens, and they don't ever explain how. But do they sort of give you a reason? Obviously, the reason is he has to grow. But what is the reason why he finally stops, um, you know, going back and living it over again? Uh, because to... he 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 has evolved, so right. to speak. He's he's become, you know, he's not selfish anymore. He's that's that's where he becomes a superhero. He does everything he can do to save or help people in the town. You know, he saves the kid from falling out of the tree. Right. He saves the guy from, from choking. He, uh, you know, well, he's, he's oh, I was going to say also, um, it's not really saving or doing heroic things, but he also sort of, he also spends time with Andy McDowell, um, in, in a kind of a selfless way. I mean, in the sense that, it wasn't like his goal to okay. I want to make her fall in love with me, and then maybe I can move on. But that's sort of what happened. But it wasn't that wasn't his plan. It was just sort of like I'm just going to spend time with her and enjoy her um, company yeah, with get no to know her. yeah get to know her with no strings attached. No, he wasn't trying to get her into bed. He wasn't trying to um, uh, you know like he was before and touch her in the bathing yeah. suit area right <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And in fact, when he went to, when he went to sleep, uh, he actually told her. That's what he actually told her. He convinced her that this was all happening because he he's basically uh, by that point he could convince her because he could he could sort of show. Look, I know everything that's going to happen, you know, and I'll show, I'll prove it to you. And so she's convinced, and then um, so she spends a day with him, and then she spends a night with him. But I think they just go to sleep and then wake up the next day. Yeah, because uh, she. She thought, at least when they wake up the next day, she thought that he would, uh, or they wake up in the at, in the middle of the night, and she's like, "Oh, it's midnight. Why didn't you go back?" And he's like, oh, "I didn't say it happened." At yeah, midnight. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, she, and, and then, then she's like, "Oh, yeah. you just you did this on purpose to get me." You know, he's like, "No, no, I just." <laughs> he's like, "Just, I just, I, you know, I never said it was midnight. It was just the next day. It doesn't happen until six a.m." But yeah, so it does work. That he wakes up. She wakes up the next day, uh, and so I wonder. That's why I was gonna. I was wondering: is if do you think that Andy McDowell uh, falling for him is part of it, or is it just it's it's just that sort of a bonus because it, the whole point was him learning not to be a douche. Yeah, I think that's just a bonus. Like that was, I guess it could be the final test. Like he's not after her right. just to get her into bed. He got to know who she was, and he just wanted to spend time with her because after all this time that he'd you know, spent around her, he actually did like her. I think he fell in love with her, actually. I mean, yeah. he didn't really say yeah. that, but I think he did. And then, of course, she's not in love with him. She's only really known him a couple of days because she's a new producer. And so, uh, 
you know, she obviously she grew to like him because the first day she was with him, he was a douche. And then she's like, <laughs> but then by the end of the next day, she's like, oh, he's not so bad. He's, you know, you know, maybe he was just having a bad day. <laughs> but they, you know, of course, they leave you with the possibility that there could be a romance there. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely romance. And I think that um, another thing that helped him move on was that even though he had totally fallen in love with her, he was, uh, again, just going to spend time with her with, like, uh, no uh, expectations. Hopes, maybe, but no expectations. He wasn't He wasn't uh, putting a goal on it, so to speak. Yeah, because he'd, he'd grown. He was, a, he was a better person. He was a bigger man. Yes. Um... So that's the feel-good version of this kind of a movie. And did you want to say anything else about this movie or discuss any questions or something before we move on to the the sci-fi remake? <laughs> uh, no, I think I think we we covered everything. You know, it's just it's just a it was a good movie. It was a very good all-around kind of very funny all-around kind yeah. of movie. And I like again we talked about this earlier, but I like the fact that you know I th- that's why I think sometimes. Um, some movies and science fiction stuff uh um, you know sort of or dealing with time travel in particular they they spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to explain things and i don't think you always have to explain it i think that that's where some of the you know this is just sort of there's just some magic in the world or something like that you know yeah it's just it just happens and you don't know why and you don't know if it's ever going to end, and then one day it just ends. Right, exactly. And it's like you just um, you just got to accept it. You just it. accept it and go on. You know, so, you know what, Mike? We don't need all the answers. That's right. You should. Sometimes there should be a mystery. Yeah, and that's okay. It's okay not to have the answers. <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, so let's okay so. Uh, I introduced uh, Groundhog Day, so why don't you talk about um, Live, Die, Repeat. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll say it your way. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> yes, with, with Tom starring, Cruise. Starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Oh, the lovely Emily Blunt. Yes, and this is, it is basically Groundhog Day, where he's right. a, he's a um, I think he's just like a kind of a, Lieutenant or something in the army. More in he's the, an in officer. The P- yeah, yeah. He's like a PR guy, right? Because right. <laughs> these these aliens have invaded Earth, and they're just literally sweeping across the planet. They can't be stopped, right? And they're this one one group is making their last stand. You know, it's all the nations have come together. They're making their one last stand on this beach to try and destroy them. It's kind of the kind stop. of the. Yeah, kind of the D-Day, would you say? Or is it, yeah, um, of if you win and win to make the yeah. World War II comparison? Yeah, it's just, um, it's just, this is, I mean, this is it. They can't do anything else, so they throw everything they have at this. And uh, Tom Cruise, who isn't, um, you know, like a soldier, gets thrown into this, um, and he, he's, he doesn't know how to fight. He doesn't know what to do. He's scared out of his mind. And yeah. He's on the beach, and he sees the creatures, which kind of look like dogs in a way, or right. some, cats, some sort some, of alien yeah, dog alien. thing. Yeah. And there's a bunch. I mean, there's there's two different color ones. There's the red ones or the yellow ones, 
which are really like the soldiers. And there's the blue ones, which are like the, the higher-ups kind of overseeing the battle. It's kind of like the generals or something, right? Yeah. yeah. And a blue Tom Cruise um, comes across a blue one, right. and it looks at him, and it's ready to kill him. But he grabs a Claymore mine from some dead soldier, and just as the thing attacks him, he holds it up to his chest. The Claymore mine explodes. He kills the creature... But the creature's blood gets in him. Right. Here's and, a question. Quick, quick, quick question. Yeah. Did he was he saving someone else at the time? Like he was like sort of sacrificing himself. No, he was. He just... was. He was just scared. I mean, he knew that the guy, the guy next to him, had the the mind strapped to his chest, so he yeah. just grabbed it and and held it up. So, it, so, so it killed the, the alien. The alien's the blood alien gets in Tom Cruise's blood because he's obviously getting blown up at the time. So their blood mixes. And suddenly, you know, boom, he wakes up back on the the tarmac at the beginning of the day. He's right. completely fine. It's, Which, right. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's very much like Groundhog Day. He wakes up. He has no idea what's going on. He thinks it's just like a crazy case of deja vu. Like, how did this happen? What's going on? And suddenly the day takes the exact same turns that he remembers. So here, let me ask you this before we get into this again uh, further. Um, now, if I remember correctly, I've seen this movie a few times, but I'm, I need to sort of brush up on my <laughs> memory. It is this uh, uh, the day that he dies is actually the next day, and so when he when he comes back to life, he comes back to life the previous day, right? He comes back that morning. He comes okay, back is that very morning. Okay, yeah, the the morning of. When the the battle is going to happen? Because I thought um, when he was on the tarmac, was, he gets on the tarmac and basically he ends up pissing some people off, some some higher ups or something. So they like say, "All right, you know what? Fuck you. We're going to demote you, and you're going to go actually into the field." You know, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not a. I'm just. I'm. You know, he he's an officer in the military, but he's had no real combat." And he's had obviously he had some training like years ago, but he's never had real combat, so he doesn't know you know anything about this stuff. So then, he doesn't know how to fight. So they he sort of has like a quick, uh, um, you know, training or you know kind of a okay. Here's the stuff you're gonna do, and uh, this is the crew you're gonna be with, and okay, let's go. But I for some reason I thought that he did spend the night there, and then it was the next morning that he went to the battle. But anyway, that it doesn't that doesn't necessarily matter. I'm just trying to figure out all the Yeah, I think it's it's just cuz it 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 resets the day. I mean, in the way they explain this time thing is that the creatures that have attacked have there's this one I guess kind of brain creature that can control time. So it would um right. land, it would, you know, take over the world or whatever and it would see the battles what happened. And then at the end of the day, it would reset time to learn to the how beginning yeah. of the day. Yeah, so it, it knew it knew everything. The the um, and those generals were an extension of the queen or whatever you want to call it. So yes, they yes. actually had the blood or whatever of the main alien thing. Uh, yes. So whenever, they so they had that ability too. Whenever one of them got killed, it would reset. And so, so that, yeah, that was the thing. Whenever, whenever they got killed, it would reset. So the the queen or whatever it was, the big alien, would know what was going to happen during the battle, so right. it could plan for it. But what the alien did not 
alien or aliens did not plan for was that if any of the humans uh, got the one of those uh, generals' blood mixed in with theirs, they got the same ability. So whenever they died, it reset the day. Yeah. So then they could learn. The cool thing about this, too, one of the cool things about it, this this movie is just cool. I mean, I just love this movie. But the cool thing is, like, um, there's a point where, how many times, how many times is Tom Cruise's character, like, died and come back to life when he when he meets um Emily Blunt's character. Uh well that's <clears throat> it hasn't been too many. It's been probably four or five, maybe maybe six or seven. Because yeah. he he saved a couple of his friends who he had seen die and he kinda he was better at, you know, the mech suit that he was in, so he knew how to right. how to control it. And then he he sees Emily Blunt plays a character called the uh what is she? She's the the savior of Verdun or something like that. Yeah, because she had uh, been like a super soldier in not a super soldier, but she had done an amazing thing in a battle and and and, and saved a bunch of other soldiers. Um, yeah, she she'd won like a, the only battle in another that battle. They had, yeah, that they had right. won. So she was she was huge in the in the military, and he he knew that she was going to die in this one instance on the beach. So he runs up to her. He's, yeah, yeah, that's he right. He says, hey, get away from that thing. The thing's going to explode and you're going to die. And she kind of looks at him and just says, come find me when you wake up. Right, because then, yeah. So that's a cool, okay, it's another cool thing. She she is, I sound like Chris Farley. You remember that, remember that scene? You don't, um, yeah, that was really awesome. <laughs> but uh, the so, uh, okay, yeah, so the, <laughs> I'm sorry. A couple on, of cool things. Because one of the things I love about her character is not only is she gorgeous, but she's badass. She's like a, yeah. she's just like a badass soldier. But you find out one of the reasons why she is um, more badass than, say, a typical soldier is that she had this ability too at some point. And then she learned, that's how she learned and was able to save in that other battle. But somehow she lost the ability. I'm not sure why. She lost the ability because um, she, whenever whoever has this ability, right. when they're when they die, they reset the day. But if they don't die, then obviously the oh day the day moves set. on. Right, the day moves yeah, on. So she got she yeah, got injured okay. and she was bleeding out, but she wasn't bleeding out fast enough. So they, you know, they found her on the battlefield and they pumped more blood into her, which. Got oh yeah, the, that's right. The power, so it kind of day, did. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Her day now just continued, so she had to live out normal, normal time. But she's been but looking she did, for. She's been hoping yeah, she someone did, else would would this would happen to someone else. In other words, yeah, and she and she knew that as soon as he you know said, "Hey, you're going to die in this explosion," she knew it was him, and so she said, "Come find me when you wake up." So he goes and finds her the next day. He he die, You know, he dies and he wakes up. He goes and finds her. She she's like training, you know, and then. They're like, don't, don't, you know, leave her alone. She's, she's tough. She'll beat you up. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he goes in there and he's like, hey, you told me to find you. And she's like, what? Who the hell are you? And then she realizes, oh, because this is obviously before they met on the, on the field, but she realizes, oh, he's got the ability now. And then she, she proceeds to train him so that they can try to figure out a way to defeat this, uh, you know, the, 
the uh, the big alien bad guy. So that's yeah. I guess that's the goal of this one is we you know another here's the goal. We do sort of have the why or the how because of the oh science fiction stuff. Um, but you know what's interesting is Tom Cruise's character is also growing as a person as well because he he's a douchebag at the beginning too, and then he kind of realizes. Uh, you know, he he becomes a, a better person through having to die all these times. You know, and, mm-hmm. and he becomes then, a fantastic soldier. Right, right. Because part of it is because of that battle, he sort of like memorizes like he's like like it's choreography, like what's happening, um, what's going to happen when you know, and then he also realizes like which people he can save and which he needs to just let die because it's not going to help him continue. It's almost yeah. like a video game. Like he's like, you know, he he dies and then he respawns and he's like, oh okay, that didn't work. I can't save the big guy. <laughs> yeah, gonna... and he also gets, and the they also end up getting these visions of where the the big alien creature is going to be. Right, right. So when those when those visions come, they're like, oh, look, if we go and we kill the alien creature, then it will stop everything. So he has to wait until he gets these visions, and when they finally happen, then he has to um, make his way to him, to the, to the big alien, which right. is why he has to memorize everything about the battle to get her through the battle without dying. And they do it, you know, a bazillion times, and they finally right because he needs he needs her cause, because she has the knowledge and she's been through this stuff, and he needs like a skeleton crew, at least a few people to help him. And he has to convince them to help him out, and they have to plan this a lot. Then they have to go to France to the Louvre because the alien is is deep inside underneath the Louvre in like a, yeah. ne- a nest or something. But and, it, and by that time, though, he gets. Uh, he gets injured. I think it's in a car accident. After they they get this one one thing that they need to, so he can pinpoint where the alien is, and he gets in a car accident and is bleeding. But they end up saving him, so he loses the power to reset the day. Right? Doesn't he? But does 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 he have the car accident more than once? Like he dies, and then and then at some point they actually save him, and because he's gonna they're gonna save him, but somehow he makes it so he. So they doesn't. So they don't save him or something. But uh, eventually, well, eventually he does get saved, and they they give him they give him more blood, and he's, his blood is diluted, so yeah. he doesn't and, have it. And he's out, so he can't. So from that point forward, he can't reset the day anymore. So if he dies, he it's actually like dies. one last chance. So that's where here's more about big question comes in, because he is now he has now nobody can reset the day. So they know mm-hmm. they know the plan that they need, and if they screw up. Then they're kind of screwed, and they just have to hope that somebody else figures it out again later. But when they go to the Louvre to find it, um, and they basically, it's kind of like you're down to your last guy, your last man, or your last life in a video game. Because <laughs> if you die now, you're screwed, right? You're not going. It's like, well, I guess I should say in the old days, like when you're at the arcade. You've, you have no more lives and no more quarters. <laughs> and your mom's coming. And your mom's coming, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to try to finish the game or else you're done. And, and then you have, um, So there's a – but how, can you explain how you think – how, how did you figure out – because the end gets sort of convoluted to me and how it happens and then um, – because what happens in a way is – 
at the end when they do kill the alien, which is not a big surprise, but it ends up resetting the day again. Uh, back to before he went in the battle, but but then, um, it, it's like he doesn't have to go to the battle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because well, what what happens is they he you know they takes all these grenades and he drops them down into the into the you know the creature's mouth, whatever it is, at the bottom of right. the water. And when that blows up and the creature is dying and he's dying too because he got stuck in the you know the blast. Some of that creature's, the main alien's creature's blood, again, mixes with his. Right. So he gets like so, the super version of it, right? So yeah, he gets at least one more. And he wakes up before, I guess it would be... Oh, that's right, even, yeah. Even earlier in the day. Yeah, instead of being on the tarmac at, at the uh, where he's being thrown to the wolves with the other soldiers, he wakes up when he first lands in Europe and he's like still in the diplomat stage. And now, yeah. and now you realize, oh, okay. So now he has a chance to redo it because everybody died. Everybody he was with, right? Everybody, everybody died. Yeah, dying. So now, not only does he have a chance, now does he? he not only does he know how to save the day, but he can save it even sooner because he knows exactly where the main alien is. But so he they, doesn't have to because this, and this is where it was a little iffy because the day resets. Right, and when he lands, the the battle is already over. They don't even have to go fight because oh, that's right, the, that's right. The big general is is on camera going, you know, we're not really sure what happened, but all the aliens have apparently died, and we can retake everything. They're you know they're moving across France with no resistance whatsoever. Oh, which, that's right, that's which right. was a little strange because he, the alien technically wasn't dead. Because the day reset. Right, but here's... Okay, that's right. Now I remember. Now, okay, here's my take on that. When the alien died and he couldn't reset the day, or he couldn't... I'm saying... I'm, I'm guessing that the alien couldn't reset the day because he died. The main alien. But Tom Cruise got the ability to reset the day. And when he reset the day, he reset it... Um... But somehow that affected the alien at the beginning of the day, the reset. You know, almost like. But it shouldn't have. I mean, it, it shouldn't was... have. But it's like the way I figured it is that when Tom Cruise reset it, um, then the alien. It's almost like he lost all of his power, and not only that, but then he ended up dying. It's like he died. He died. It's almost like the main queen or the king, whatever you want to call it, the main alien that was controlling everything. When Tom Cruise reset the day, then at the begin, then it's like all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I'm dying," uh, you but, know. And then, but he shouldn't have. And then, technically, he wasn't. Technically, Tom Cruise hadn't blown him up yet. That no, day. I know he did, but he did at the end of the day. And what I'm saying is, when he did that and blew him up, he like took his power away, and somehow through the time stream, he took his power away from the beginning of the day. Or something, and then he dies, and then all the aliens are just sort of lost because they're like, you know, their queen is dead, or their, you know, whatever their leader is dead, so they have no direction. So it's like they're just sort of like, oh, we don't know what we're doing, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's. I'll buy that explanation, but it's it's, it's still, a little, was, it's, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, you know, movie movie magic that they had to do to to make it right. I okay, 
I prefer my way. The, the, I prefer the way I was misremembering it. <laughs> Whereas I, I prefer, I would have preferred it with it. I would have preferred for it to have ended, uh, with, uh, what you call it? With, um, uh, you know, he, he resets the day earlier in the day, and then he realizes, oh wow, it's reset again. Oh. Now I know what to do. We can we can win this war. And he doesn't even and so then he could just go and and they could go win the war and they you know basically just give the impression that I know how to win this war and they can bypass the battle. They can go straight to France and you know bypass all this other stuff and go straight and just like nuke the alien from above or something. Maybe they don't nuke it because then they'll ruin all the the artwork and the Louvre, but you know, so, <laughs> I, think was, something. I think it was pretty much ruined anyway. Yeah, that's true. He, he that alien pretty much messed up the Louvre because wasn't uh, the whole area flooded and and the Louvre yeah. and the much of the Louvre is underground. There's a, there's a great deal of it anyway in the underground, and then all that was flooded and stuff. So, um, so your your wrong way of actually remembering the movie that you saw multiple times. Yeah, is is a better ending. <laughs> my brain was like, my brain rewrote the movie and re and re reshot it and said, no, this is how it's going to be. Yeah, the the thing which was which was kind of nice at the at the end of this is, um, he you know Tom Cruise resets the day. He remembers everything, and he lands in the helicopter. And the general says, "Oh, all the aliens are dead." And the first place that he goes yep. is to see Emily Blunt. Right. And uh, like he had spent so much time with her and getting her through the battle, and he ended up falling in love with her. It was a big little 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 romance thing there. Well, of course, who and, wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, but he goes he goes to see her, and she says the same thing that she said the very first time that he showed up. Was yeah. like, what, what are you staring at, or what are you looking yeah, at? Yeah, 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 something like that. What the and fuck he just he just starts he just starts to laugh because he's like, ah, I know you. <laughs> That's one of those. That was one of those cheesy movie endings. It's almost like the end or an end of a TV show where they're like, ah, ha, ha, ah, and then they freeze frame and go to the credits. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but I mean, still, even still, you still watch it, and I still did. I still like smiled at the end. You know, you still like because you yeah. know, like, and I would, oh, I would now, watch that movie a hundred times. He's gonna now. He's gonna hook up with. Um, with Emily Blunt, and they don't have to die. And so you're like, oh, that's a happy ending. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the movie should have been much bigger in theaters. I just, I think it was just something with the marketing, and I, I, I blame the title, but I don't know if that's really it. I mean, I, I think that, um, um, yeah, who knows, who knows why? But I think it's, um, it's a, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, and yeah, it was based those, on a comic. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. There's some uh, great idea. I wonder if the I I should look that up, and if so, I'd like to read it. And maybe the ending would be better. <laughs> maybe the ending would be your ending. Yeah, well, that would be cool. <laughs> hey, this was my end. So we one of the reasons I brought this up we we wanted to I you know uh, my friend Patrick <laughs> of up late with Russ and Pat he uh, he asked me he's like. Dude, when are you guys gonna butch it up? Because these these movies are getting, <laughs> oh, you guys are just like getting worse. And he's like, oh, and he couldn't even, he, he could not believe that Somewhere in Time was one of your favorite movies. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you've got to be kidding it, me. This it is, may be my favorite movie. 
Yeah, that's what this. Yeah, he's like, I, I'm like, hey. I'm he's allowed like, my own oh. opinion. I don't even know if he's seen it, but I think it's one of those where he would like, like, try. He's like, oh, you know, puke. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't know. Um, because we did that when we did, I think, the lake house. Yeah, we did the lake house, which is also very romantic and, and kind of corny and stuff. Um, what else did we do? Well, yeah, it was basically, you know, we were kind of had a, a run of uh, romance. Well, actually, this movie, both of these movies are kind of romantic, too, because. Yeah, but not not really. Like, I mean, lived or lived, yeah. I repeat in, in your thing is really just a total action movie. Yeah. He's always with, on the beach. Yeah, with just a hint, so, yeah Groundhog so, Day was was a, you know, funny romance but i wouldn't i wouldn't call groundhog day a romantic comedy though i would say you know there's some romance in there because he falls for her and then there's sort of like there's sort of some cuteness with them but but it's not a romantic comedy in this you know in like a uh when harry met sally or something like that um true true so uh in that theme and next next uh episode i'd like to talk about what would you know Feel free to jump in here. I mean, would you, <laughs> what do you think we should talk about? We don't. We could talk about Terminator because we haven't talked about Terminator yet. I'd like to. I'd like to talk about Terminator One and Two kind of together. Um, we don't have to talk about the others because, you know, they the, weren't that good. The first two are the best anyway. Yeah. Um, but we could also. I'd also like to talk about. You know, this brought up some other movies we talked. You know, we. But I'd like to kind of put those off a little bit with the like Disney's The Kid and um, Family uh, Man. Family Man. That could be. That could be another podcast with both of those movies. But I think next. Do you want to do next? You want to talk about the one uh, we watched recently on Netflix? The um, oh, time, time lapse. lapse. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Um, one. Hopefully, that will uh, satisfy. Um, Pat's bloodlust because I don't know if Pat will because I think if Pat watched that movie he'd be like oh why'd you do this one yeah he probably wouldn't like it it's just like a little indie movie although it does star the girl from The Flash who's now in The Flash yeah yeah she's cute the the scientist in The Flash Uh, and her character is well I I don't want to say because I'll let people watch it if they win a chance to watch it on Netflix um, I had some problems with this movie. Um, I had some things I, had I some, liked yeah. about it, but what? I had I had a few problems myself. I mean, the, yeah. the, the thing about it was a uh, it was enough to let, to get me interested, and I watched it the whole way through without going, oh, I I want to turn it off. But then in the end, you're but, like, ugh, right? Yeah, it, like... it did. It did kind of go off the rails at the end. And I felt like I felt like there was some potential for it to be really cool, kind of dark and twisted in a cool. Twilight Zone sort of way, but they just didn't pull it off. I don't think. Um, yeah, they they needed a little bit of help, but I mean, yeah. overall, it was a pretty good movie. I think it was, and as far as like an indie movie, it looked like a low budget indie movie, but I think it was well done for a low budget indie film. Um, and I just felt like the yeah, there's something with there's certain aspects of it that I think just didn't quite work. Um, uh, and it was one of those when I wanted, as I was going getting into it, I wanted to really like it. I, I just because it seemed like you know the kind of movie you and I would really love, but then it just didn't quite work. Um, I think it is worth watching for people that are into time travel and stuff, though. 
I think it's worth because I think it, it is some interesting concepts. Um, and speaking of Twilight Zone, it does have a Twilight Zone feel for it, feel to it. Um, but that's another podcast we should do sometime about um, time travel in the Twilight Zone. Mm. Now, there's another one, one other con- topic too. I think that this you will this will appeal to you as well. Time travel in Star Trek. Ah. Because there's yeah. a bunch. Some of my favorite Star Trek episodes are time travel related. And their the their fourth movie. Yeah, the fourth movie. Yes, exactly. Was, was all yeah. It was all time travel. That was oh, I love that movie. That was another. Yeah, that's that's probably the best one. Uh, you you like it better than Wrath of Khan? Wow. I'm not, I'm not too surprised. I'm not too surprised, but yeah, Wrath of Wrath of Khan was great, but I just like the. It was much more fun. Sorry, yeah, the, yeah. Before, it was it was much more fun. It was you know they were campy. They kind of made fun of themselves. And it obviously involved time travel, so I liked it. It also harkened back to some of those old uh, original series episodes where, you know, like when they went back to the 30s and stuff. Yeah. Where they're like sort of, the, <laughs> the, you know, because they kind of had fun with those too, where it's sort of like a man out of time and stuff, you know, that sort of thing. Um, they're like, um, remember the one, you know, with the 30s, when they went back to the 30s and and, and Mel from, from the TV show Alice was one of the gangsters and stuff? Mm-hmm. And then the the <laughs> best one that involved time travel was uh, was Edge. It's not Edge of Tomorrow. It's uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. The Next Generation episode. No, no, not Next Generation. The original series. Oh, um, which which one are you talking about? Oh, uh, when they when they go back, uh, kind of accidentally, they go through this giant time portal. They find this time portal that has all of history, you know, flashing through it at all times, and they. They have to save Dr. McCoy, so they he goes through it, and then Spock and Kirk try and time it, and they they jump through it. Um, you know, they end up getting there before him, and they're there to stop him from doing whatever he did to mess up time. Is that um, the city on uh, the edge of forever? City on the edge of forever. Yes. I just googled that it. Is, I just googled it, and I was like, yes, "That yeah. is my my favorite, my favorite Star That's, Trek." That has. I understand now why you're like edge of whatever, because it's like edge of tomorrow. Yeah, it's a similar. Yeah. Um, it's, it's that's fantastic. a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, you know, another one. Uh, let's see. Well, they they list them here from the the original series. You got the Naked Time. Um, where they where they go to the year twenty two sixty six. Don't remember that. One. Wait, no, they only go three days in the past. Uh, I don't really remember oh. that one that well. Uh, yeah, tomorrow is yesterday, where they go to nineteen sixty nine. Oh, that's when yeah, that's when they get caught by the the army. I think is that the one? Maybe maybe we're thinking of something. Different. Yeah. Uh, pl- um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, an air police staff sergeant or something where they're like the yeah the air force or something right um, yeah and then uh, because isn't that the one where the enterprise is actually in the sky and in, in on earth or something yeah it's like it's, that? it's cloaked yeah yeah um, then there's the city at the edge of tomorrow edge of forever uh, assignment earth they go back to 1968 mm-hmm. uh, and then there's um, Oh, this is kind of cool. The, the website they give, they actually give you how how they time travel. Uh, and a lot of these are the slingshot effect. 
<laughs> slingshot around the sun. That's they the... love they love that using because <laughs> that's how they. I mean, that's how they set up the whole movie. Star Trek Four was like because they yeah. you know they were able to. Oh, we use a slingshot effect and we go back in time. Um, and then all of our yesterdays. It says unspecified past time period, so we don't know. They go back in time, but they don't. We don't know exactly how far. Um, they did a bunch of the. They did a, a few time travel ones in uh, pretty much every sci-fi show, but they did them in uh, Stargate, which was which was great. I never really too. watched they Stargate. Did, Stargate was was great. I loved that series. It was it was fantastic. I and liked they, they did, I liked the movie, but they, I never really got into the show. The show was fun, and then they did. Like very much like Groundhog Day, they did a couple of very funny episodes, or they did one funny episode of, you know, the day just keeps resetting for two of the characters and the yeah. stuff that they end up doing, called the Window of Opportunity. If you wanted to look that up, which is you could actually watch that on. Could I actually enjoy it if I wasn't like caught up on the series or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I have a, you know, I have a vague a vague idea of what it's about the show. Yeah, so. you just you just need to know. You know some of the characters, but not even that because they—it's just a, a reset of the day, and they have to figure out how to how to stop it. But yeah, if you watched it, you'd you'd be able to to pick right up on it. What is your favorite Star Trek um, time travel episode? Well, that one, City on the Edge of Forever. That's, oh, that's right. You already said that. I'm yeah. sorry. For me, it's the one from Deep Space Nine. When they when, when they, they went that? back, they went back in time. To the to the space station uh, of the the um, the original series with the, with the, is tribbles. That the tribbles, yeah, with the tribbles, <laughs> <laughs> and they actually incorporated shots from the original series. I love yep. that. Yep. And they, one of the because there's a great. Do you remember the great line in there? Uh, you know, in the original series, all all of the the Klingons sort of look like Mexicans or something. You know, they were dark. Yeah. They sort of they're dark skin. And they were, um, but they had like big eyebrows, and they sort of tried. They they really put on makeup on all of them to look sort of, yeah. sort of almost like an orangish brown or something. But anyway, yeah, but they, 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 they didn't, didn't have the head ridges. Yeah, they didn't have the ridges on their head like they do in in modern times, and so they they use that, and they're like um, they're in a bar uh, in the space station, and there's some Klingons, and they're getting pissed off, and they're like. Wait, those are Klingons, and then they look at Worf, <laughs> and they're like, "Worf, what? What's what's the starting us?" And what did what do you say? Something like, "He's like, we don't like to talk about." Yeah, it, it, it was like a that. long time ago, and we don't like to talk about. <laughs> what I and I love that because in my mind it just gave me the idea that like the Klingons must have experimented with their DNA or something <laughs> to try to become more warrior like or something, and, you know, and then they they ended up giving themselves the bad teeth and the bumpy heads right <laughs> but um yeah okay, that was we, that was great yeah we got to talk about a couple of them because they they actually did another actually kind of cool one in deep space nine where they crash landed on a planet and on some some through some sort of time stream or cosmic storm or whatever it was they crash landed on this planet and they ended up um, meeting their ancestors. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they're yeah, the, they had crashed on the planet. They couldn't get off, so they just 
populated. You know, they hooked up and populated. And when they crashed on the planet, they, you know, met their ancestors. And then the big dilemma was when we take off and fix our ship, do we, um, you know, just go back to Deep Space Nine, which would essentially kill all these people, or do we stay here and, you know, let them live? Yeah, I really like that episode. Um, I mean, I love start Deep Space Nine to begin with, but yeah, that's one of my favorite ones uh, because it gets it gets into that dilemma too. Like, do you you whatever your choice is, you could, you're going to basically wipe out a whole someone's whole existence. Yeah, you know, and then um, uh, yeah, that's a. But they, he brings up a question though with Star Trek. That I always wonder. They've known that they could slingshot around the sun and travel back in time since uh, the next generation, I mean, since the original series, which takes place about 100 years before um, the next generation, right? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. I know that some of the characters from original series are still alive in the next gen, but they're like 130 years old or something. Yeah, so McCoy, you know, McCoy made an appearance in the first season, but he was like 140. Right, yeah, because they just live a lot longer in the future. Um, and so, uh, but anyway... There are so many times that I'm thinking, well, why don't they just go slingshot around a star and, <laughs> and go back in time and fix it? Well, that's that's true. They probably could have, but I'm sure it had something to do with the Prime Directive, which they broke well, that's every true. episode anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. I love that. It's like the Prime Directive, but then Kirk <laughs> and Picard like break it all the time. They're like, yeah. well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but this time, this time it's different. Because, <laughs> because yeah, then they then they would actually be messing with time. Right. And you yeah. wouldn't know the you wouldn't know exactly the consequences of that. But that also brings you to one of the better next generation films. Probably the best next generation film, which is First Contact, where they have to where they well they get thrown back into time. They don't they don't travel back in time on purpose, uh, right? They get, um, or maybe they do. Shoot, now I'm trying to remember. I don't. I'd have to watch it again. Well, oh yeah, I just watched it again just recently. Um, obviously, I'm exhausted and my memory is shot. <laughs> or because they're going. Because what happens is they're fighting the Borg and they blow up a big Borg ship. But then oh, a little... that's when they go back to meet Zeph from Cochrane. Right. Right. Yes, yes. And and the what they realize is oh that's right they follow the Borg back in time because the Borg a smaller round spherical ship with the Borg Queen aboard. The Borg aboard <laughs> the, um, escapes when they destroy the Borg ship, the big cube, and that sphere goes back in time. And then somehow they're able to realize, oh, it's going back in time into the year, whatever. And they go, oh my God, that's first yeah, contact. You know, yeah, they're, they're going to stop Zephram Cochran from launching. Yeah, because in other words, the Borg want to destroy humanity before they ever join the Federation. So. Um, but yeah, I love, I love that episode and, and, you know, of course, you know, there's, they throw it to the wind, but that's one of, that's one of the, my favorite, uh, scenes too, with Captain Picard. Can you, can you guess which scene it is? With Kirk? No, Picard. I know, but no, Kirk you're is thinking, in there too, isn't no, he? No, no, you're thinking of, uh, Generations. Oh. That's, man. that's the other one when, where Kirk dies on the bridge. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's yeah. We're, uh, uh, first contact which one? Well, you. it's what um, he Picard is in his in his quarters with uh, the woman. I can't remember her name. Troy. She, she, no, she's the woman from that time. Zephyr Cochran's friend, uh, the black woman. She's um, 
Oh yeah, famous, she's famous, yeah, I know who she famous is. Famous actor, really good actor. I can't remember her name in my mind. So, so famous that you can't remember her name. Right, exactly. Um anyway, and he's she's like, you know, basically she's like kind of challenging him. Well, you know, how does that make you any better than the Borg? You just want to annihilate them or whatever, you know, you know. Uh anyway, uh and he says um you know, he's talking about, you know, they always push us, you know, and then they and then we retreat and they push us farther and, you know, or something like that, you know. And then he's like, um, but no more. The line must be drawn here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The line must be drawn here. Yeah, I love that. I love his accent. It's just an awesome accent. I mean, but I, yeah, Picard, man. I love Picard. I don't Anyway, we could go on and on. But yeah, that's um uh, that I don't know. Anyway, we could we could have a whole other discussion on what your favorite Star Trek captain is, but it doesn't really have anything to do with time travel. But we could work it in there somehow. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we could find because I think every one of them has done some sort of time travel. Yeah. From Picard to you know, I mean, everything from from. Because uh, you have to. I mean, that's Kirk, any any sci-fi show. You have to have a time travel yeah. episode. Well, speaking of Star Trek and time travel, we should also at one point. Talk about the quantum leap. Oh, oh actually, yes. Say, I mean, just quantum leap, not the yes. quantum leap. Quantum leap with um, Scott Bakula, who later yes. played the first captain of the Enterprise. Yes. In the the short-lived television show Enterprise. Um, I was thinking about him recently because I just saw a thing on YouTube with an interview with all the captains on stage. And Scott Bakula said something about, I can't remember what, how, what the question was, but he said something to the effect that, Oh, I know what it was. They asked him like, "How do you feel? How do you guys feel uh, you know, becoming like a captain of Star Trek? You know, do you feel like do you feel a lot of pressure trying to fill the shoes of someone who came before you like, you know, like um Patrick Stewart, you know, filling kind of filling the shoes of, of William Shatner, etc. and then, you know, um Janeway and Cisco and stuff and then <laughs> and then Scott Bakula said, "Well, I like to just pretend that think about it as I'm the first captain, so I don't have to fill any. That's right. He's, he doesn't have anything to prove. Um. Anyways, so we've sort of gone off the rails, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, so next, what's what's the next one? Next episode, we'll talk about. We should do this actually at the end of each episode for those few listeners who we have. <laughs> uh, they can actually, if they haven't seen the movie, they can maybe, you know, catch up on it. And we'll do, so we're going to do, um, yeah, next episode will be Time Lapse, which is streaming now on Netflix. Oh, yes. uh, I'm not sure if it's on Amazon Prime or not, but it's on Netflix. I know that. There are a couple other movies that are streaming that uh, we'll have to look into. There's a, you know, uh, there's a movie called Time Traveler, a Jap- Japanese movie mm, uh, that. that I haven't watched yet, but it's on it's on Amazon. Do you have Amazon? I do not have Amazon. Um, you can also rent it, so maybe maybe we can rent it for you, or you can watch it at my house or something, you know, because I have I have Amazon. So, um, but that looks interesting. I haven't seen it yet, but it looks interesting. It's about a girl who time travels. It has to do with her mom dying or something, but I don't know much more than that. Um, and uh, I'm just oh, trying to think of some that, obscure time travel films. The one that we were gonna watch that that I started watching and then ended up turning off was. Uh, uh, Riley. Re- oh Riley yeah, Rewind Riley Rewind. From, yeah. From, what's her name? The the hot chick, uh, Anna something or other. Yes, yeah, uh, the girl is the reporter. 
yeah, at the, the end of Ant Man. Um, anyway, apparently she's a pretty big internet sensation. A YouTube, yeah, and I I guess that this was a a a web series that she and her friends put together, and then they released it on Netflix as a film, right? Because yeah. it's like, but you said it was just like you couldn't get into it. it was just I, too silly. Yeah, I had I had big issues with it, so I I didn't I watched I think the first two episodes, and then I was like, uh, I'm done. Well, yeah, I mean, for one thing, she's like what 25, playing a teenager or something. Well, I mean, that's that wasn't even it was it was just eh, it was yeah. I mean, one of one of my big issues, and it was just a stupid issue, is that she's quite an attractive young lady. And oh, and she's, she's playing a dork. She's, she's playing a nerd. <laughs> And they, it's not like even they dress her down to look like a nerd. Did they at least give her the nerd glasses? I think she had glasses, but I'm like, you, it, she's, you know, the first few minutes of the movie, she's like, I have no friends. I'm a dork. People don't like me. And I can't even get the, you know, the cutest boy in school to date me. And I'm like, what? You yeah, look yeah. like that and you can't get the cutest boy in school to date you? I was like, see right there, it threw me out of the, the whole thing. Well, maybe you can't maybe you can't look at it through the eyes of high school Mike Fasolo, you know, like <laughs> I would totally date her if I was 17, you know. You have to look, th- you know, I don't know. But everybody knows, everybody knows Mike when you put glasses on a girl in the movie, she yeah. becomes a dork. <laughs> exactly. That's, she's she's all that. That's exactly the thing. It's- yeah, exactly. She's all that where um uh, I'm so bad with names um, this tonight, or usually I don't know. But uh, Rachel Lee Cook, yes. yeah, she's yeah. It's so <laughs> because basically Rachel Lee C- Cook. Uh, well, I haven't seen her in a while. I assume she's still a lovely woman, but she, you know, <laughs> she was she again. She was like probably in her twenties, playing high school at the time too. But people may remember her from the the. Uh, this is your brain on drugs commercial where she mm, and you know, Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, that's right, that's right. But yeah, they didn't even do it. All they did to make her a dork was put her hair up and put glasses on. It was so yeah. good. It was they like didn't even, didn't even try. <laughs> didn't even try. Oh, and put in her put her in overalls. But you know that. You know, you put you put a cute girl in overalls that doesn't make her ugly. You know, and then she just ugly. she just makes the overalls cute. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I never thought the overalls could be cute. <laughs> but here we are. She's very adorable. Um I did enjoy that movie as silly as it was, but yeah, I mean I think I I think when I rented it years ago I just kinda went in knowing this is just gonna be cliche. We know what's gonna happen, you know, it's gonna be you know. Anyway. Anyway. Can't buy me my love, it's much better than all of those. Oh, so much better. So much better. Uh, maybe we should do see. A they they made they made guys. him a dork. Yeah, but he was a dork. <laughs> he was a dork. Now he's McDreamy. Now he's Mc. Yeah, he was McDreamy. He he grew up a lot. He went from totally geek <laughs> to totally chic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there man. we go again. That's like I just. <laughs> What a, we'll just end the podcast episode on a ridiculously insular uh, in joke, or or what'd you call it? Yeah, it, what's you know what I mean? Oh, it's just like um, not. I mean, uh, inside joke. That's the word I was looking for. Oh my god! Just, just yeah. We just because we've seen that movie so many times, we can quote it. 
from start to finish. Uh, but uh, um all right, so yeah, anyway. we can we can end things there. Um okay, so next week or well hopefully next week we'll do uh the movie Time Lapse streaming on Netflix now. Maybe you can rent it somewhere, we don't know. But uh check it out. Yeah. Keep up with our podcast. It's Mike and Russ time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is copyright 2015, Mike Solo and Russ Wooten. Mike and Russ Time Yeah is a part of the Uplate Network at russandpat.com.